and welcome to Kevin Boy Minute, Minute 18. In this minute, Nathaniel awakes from his sweet slumber, meets the crew of the filthy whore, and learns to his dismay that he is not on the Queen Catherine. Get ready to set sail with Kevin Boy Minute, Minute 18. Welcome back, everybody, to Cabin Boy Minute, Minute 18. Uh, so we see Cappy snoring here. He kind of stops for a minute, starts blinking his eyes. Nathaniel kind of doing that, like, opening and closing his mouth. Just kind of cotton yeah. mouth happening. Yep. Which would maybe be indication that he was indeed uh, very drunk. He's waking up with that dry throat. Or drugged. He's uh, he's doing a lot of uh, what I call fingering the blanket there. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of little movement in the blanket. The clutching of the blanket, you know, that like kind of little insecure. Wanting to pull it up a little bit. You know, somewhere, somewhere deep in his brain, he realizes that something's amiss. They both look at each other. Funny little moment. Hi, how you doing? Very well, thank you. <laughs> Turn for a moment and realize what's going on. Scream and sit up simultaneously. So I'll start and say I do believe that this was uh, directed quite well. I sure. This little segment was put together well. Their their timing was good. Eh. Well, I mean, you know, it's a, a as alluded to in the commentary of the previous scene, it's a, a sort of constructed joke that we've seen before, but I think they pull it off. I like that. Uh, I like that Cappy has his cigar in his mouth the whole time. <laughs> All right, so then after the yell, they cut to Nathaniel being thrown on the deck. Yes. Now, I'm sure you guys noticed as well, when he's thrown on the deck... He's got the wig. Exactly. So it begs the question, what were those few moments between waking up in the bed to him being out on deck? Because he wasn't just picked up. He had to, at some point, turn back, because I did verify... His wig is still sitting on whatever that is in the back, which we will just call an impromptu wig stand uh, when they wake up. So it's not like he grabbed it as a teddy bear in the middle of the night or something and he had it. It was clearly behind him when they he was screaming. Uh, so what transpired in those moments to get him out on the deck? Uh, my theory is that Cappy got up and grabbed him as soon as possible. Nathaniel just grabbed onto whatever he could, which happened to be his wig as he was being dragged out onto the deck. Was there a tussle? Yeah, I Sorry. don't think it was a tussle so much as it was Nathaniel just being grabbed and pulled. I think there's some kind of struggle. I mean, I definitely, you know, it's like they get up, they're both in shock, and then Cappy grabs him, and Nathaniel's doing his kind of squealing, wriggling, whatever. And like Scott said, Cappy goes and pulls him out. But I could see the wig being something that he feels like he needs, right? He's waking up, and part of his daily life for the prior, what, 12 years has been getting up and putting this wig on. So he must have, like, almost as, like, a security blanket, you know, something that it was just, it's part of him, and he must have grabbed it. Like, as Cappy's going to pull him out of the room, I could see Nathaniel kind of, like, crawling back and grabbing the wig and then getting thrown out the door. Right. I guess a good analogy would be like your cell phone. Probably if something similar happened, your first instinct, at least mine would be. 
Yeah, so it's like, you know, there's, there's definitely some scuffling, there's, but Cappy, being the large, wonderful man that he is, grabs Nathaniel and tosses him up the stairs and then onto the deck. And this is a line that I never quite understood, that now I'm happy to say what it is. Don't this beat all, boys. <laughs> Don't this beat all. What would be a, a more contemporary way to say that expression? Can you believe this, gentlemen? Yeah. Would you look at this? Like this? Look at this shit. Look at this shit. So, uh, and what were observations of Nathaniel uh, when we first see him? He's got his, got his little dressing gown on. Is that his? That's his nightgown, right? Is that what we're assuming that getup is? Yeah, his dressing gown. I like that. So Cappy has like <laughs> a rag around his neck. Oh yeah. So at first I was like, when did he get this rag around his neck? Went back. He's got it before when he goes to sleep. So my determination is this sweaty captain. This is like a neck sweat rag. (laughs) Is that that a thing that people have? Cappy's a big dude. Works hard. All right. It's a sweat rag. Maybe he's got it. On the water, there's got to be spray coming up every once in a while, too. Wipe it out of your eyes. He's a practical man. Maybe I'm going to start wearing a sweat rag. Should do that. I surprisingly don't sweat very much though for a large man. <laughs> well, we can we can go back to uh, what is it minute? Uh, is it minute six where we talk about sweat? Right. Yes. What 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 is this indicative of Cappy's childhood? We, we have a sweat indicator to predict infancy. So he does sweat a lot. Harder upbringing. I mean, there you go. There's a mm-hmm. there's a correlation. Cappy's in exactly, and he's got the he's got his little sweat rag, so he's ready to go. And then we so he hits the deck, and uh, in the background, Big Teddy working on what I think we determined was the lower shroud of the uh, rigging towards the aft. Looks like he was doing exactly what Kenny was doing after he dropped the buckets. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It does seem like one of those moves, like if you've ever worked in a restaurant, you know, you keep the rag handy, the boss turns the corner, and you are you just start wiping the counter just mindlessly, <laughs> just so it seems like you're doing something. I guess on, on this boat, you just, you grab the lower shroud and uh, make it seem like you're not just standing there. You just start tugging. <laughs> Look, I'm tightening things. <laughs> Well, and then more interestingly, we see Skunk, and Skunk is holding a little white device in his hand. Please tell me you figured out what that was. I did. It is a netting needle. I spent a good 20 minutes watching somebody use it. (laughs) (laughs) The guy was so monotonous and so boring, but I was transfixed on his use of the netting needle. Yeah, I, we probably watched the same exact video. Was it the guy who oh. used the paper towel holder to start his netting by any chance? Oh, no, I'll have to check that one out. <laughs> 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 different. Two separate monotonous netting needle videos. Oh, there's quite a few out there. The one I watched was like a three-parter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also called a netting shuttle. Yeah, and he seems pretty well-versed in it. You know, I, I don't know if his actions are appropriate, but, I mean, he's, like, moving it back and forth, and he does seem to be mending a net. Um, 
quite well. When, he, when I was watching him, I didn't see any sort of string around it. Maybe he's moving too fast. Well, you being uh, versed in such magical tricks as the raven should know that a small microfilament thread would be pretty hard to detect from uh, quite a distance. But it's a net. It's a net thread. It's got to be thick. They're catching big fish. It's, it's got to be a piece of yeah, rope or no, something I, I, there. You're right, though. He's car- He's holding, like, the big knotted net. But I don't see how he would use that little tool to... Unless there's some other... I have no idea. I'm going to stop right there. I just have no idea. <laughs> All right, so then we got, uh, so Cappy, the dialogue, right? Don't this beat all, boys? Uh, we got us a half-crazed boat hopper. I spent some time looking at the legalities surrounding a stowaway on one's ship Ooh. and what you are or are not entitled to uh, do with a stowaway should you catch them out at sea. What did you find? The International Marine Organization, the IMO, has guidelines for the unwanted person on board, also known as a stowaway. Uh, You're required to establish the identity and nationality of the stowaway. And here is something that we need to look for if they are abiding by this. They need to ensure general health, welfare, and safety of the stowaway until deportation. General health, welfare, and safety. Right. They do fine up until the point where they stick him out on the raft, but they gave him a carton of chocolate milk. So we'll get into it as we see these scenes. I mean, was he forced to lick the deck or was that his preferred choice of how to clean the deck? (laughs) That that sounds like some sort of abuse. Okay. well, uh, just for reference, United States is a part of the International Maritime Organization and therefore the Filthy Horde would have to abide by these rules. Good. So now we have Nathaniel getting involved in the conversation. Nathaniel pulls himself off the deck and says, now see here, I don't know what kind of nonsense you're trying to. And then at that point, he wipes his face and notices the ash (laughs) and lets out a wonderful little yelp. Like, just the full momentary full body horror of the fact that he's dirty and then immediately launches back into haranguing them. And that Yelp is referenced in the commentary. Uh, it was a Dr. Smith. Yes, Dr. Smith from uh, the original Lost in Space. Uh, both Resnick and Elliot are like, oh, there's your Dr. Smith. And uh, like, yeah, there's a bunch of those. Not overly familiar with the original Lost in Space. So I hopped on the YouTube to see what I could find. And uh, there's a pretty great like five minute long YouTube clip of uh, Dr. Smith screaming. <laughs> and various scenes throughout Lost in Space, and uh, you know, Chris Elliott does a pretty good, a pretty good callback to it. Yeah, I, I was pleased to find those Lost in Space clips as well. What a bizarre show it looked like! So, Lost in Space is an American sci-fi TV series that aired between 1965 and 1968. Uh, it's inspired by the 1812 novel The Swiss Family Robinson and a comic book titled Space Family Robinson. Yeah, this this reference is basically just him from watching the few clips that I did. He had this real over-the-top, dramatic reactions. So that was the commentary. Okay, so he's out. Paps and Big Teddy start walking over. Yeah, they, they gather around as he's as Nathaniel's trying to continue to process what's happening. So he, after he, he 
reacts to the ash on his face, continues his uh, dialogue. What you're trying to pull here, but it's painfully obvious. And then he stops and he starts laughing. And he (laughs) says, I see this is all part of the theme, right? And you're all just stage actors pretending to be filthy drunkards. I like how the genesis of that thought was him in particular looking right at Big Teddy. (laughs) As soon as Big Teddy comes up, kind of. He first notices Big Teddy, and that's when he realizes that he's on a ship full of stage actors. (laughs) Right. And there's there's a great little interaction between Paps and Cappy where they look at each other in bewilderment. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, the looks on their faces is great. I like that Skunk never stops what he's doing. (laughs) Nathaniel hits the ground in front of him. You can see Skunk's foot. It doesn't even twitch. Yep. (laughs) He never moves. (laughs) He just continues with the potentially fake net shuttling. (laughs) (laughs) So we get Nathaniel saying, uh, bravo, bravo, everyone. Long live the theater. (laughs) That quote he gives, long live the theater. I found that it's a variation of the phrase long live the cinema. In France, 1968, the country had violent protests and the Cannes Film Festival was to be held, but it was canceled due to this strife. Some movies did manage to get screened, though. A popular rallying cry was Le cinéma est mort. Vive le cinéma. Which means mm. cinema is dead. Long live the cinema. Which now that is a variation of the expression, the king is dead. Long live the king. Which is a traditional proclamation made following the accession, A C C E S S I O N, of a new monarch in various countries. In modern times, this phrase has become a popular phrasal template. So here is the phrasal template, long live the theater. So, yet am I missing something here? Holy shit in a handbasket, this moron got on the wrong boat. And then Nathaniel begins to realize that things are amiss. All right, now, wait a second. Are you meaning to imply that this is not the Queen Catherine? Uh Uh-uh. I love love, uh, (laughs) Cappy's responses. And you're not its well-trained crew here to cater to my every win? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I like, as that exchange starts, Cappy, the the one eye starts squinting as they start going back and forth, (laughs) as he's, like, trying to understand what's happening. (laughs) Again, through this whole scene, just lock your eyes on Big Teddy's uh, reactions to everything. I mean, his looks are amazing throughout. Yep. And then when uh, when Graybar says nope after, so you're here to cater by everyone, nope. Nathaniel's face just kind of collapses. <laughs> just, he, he like sort of like falls in on himself. The eyes roll back into his head. Just the whole change that overcomes him is uh, that comes over him is wonderful. Supreme actor. Talk about thespians, right? So the commentary, they talk about the Ash. That was a nice touch. They're kind of poking a little fun at uh, Resnick there as if he doesn't have enough problems. And then he's mocking himself, right? He's, uh, we should see some ashes on his face. Okay, fly in some ashes. They hated me so much. With good reason. (laughs) And Resnick, again, debasing himself. Doesn't this seem like the movie is already like two hours into it? And you're just getting to this part about, wait a minute, I'm on the wrong boat. 
And uh, Elliot again affirming, yeah. I mean, I don't agree with that sentiment. I mean, we've been laboring through this for 18 minutes now, and it, what's happened thus far seems to be all necessary, and uh, it certainly doesn't seem superfluous minutes up to this point. Everyone has been crucial. <laughs> and I wonder if it's partially due to the fact that this is now they're in day two of their cabin boy review experience because they had spent the previous day getting interviewed for this or if not the previous day earlier in that day they had, they had been getting interviewed about the movie and their experience and they're sitting down and then watching it and he obviously has such negative feelings about it uh, grinding through it is hard for him the movie's not dragging it's just that his experience of it is that painful yeah, and I guess this is a good jumping board for us transitioning to questions because I've been reading that uh, Will Not Attend by Adam Resnick. And, I mean, my evolution of understanding of Adam Resnick is night and day from when we first started this on Minute One. You know, his his comments and commentary and all that, it's on brand for him. And again, I'm not suggesting that he's faking any of this. It's just this is how he perceives every aspect of his life, not just Cabin Boy. So, you know, reading his tales, which, by the way, that book is phenomenal and everybody should read it. It's uh, it's very, very funny. Who won the scene? Yeah, I would say Nathaniel. He played it really well. Nathaniel, Kevin Graybar gets an honorable mention. You know, these questions. Every minute we go through this podcast, I mean, I'm wanting, I'm wanting to get to these deeper truths and make sure that I'm answering the question properly. So again, who won the scene? In this scene, I'm looking at it and like, well... Nathaniel's the obvious choice because he's got the most screen time, you know, and it's like, how can you give, you know, just one little reaction, per se, like for Graybar or even I mentioned Big Teddy, him throughout the scene is just great. So, again, picking apart that question, who won the scene, you know, is it is it because they're the the most memorable? Can you steal the scene from somebody by having a two second moment? Uh, you know, I, I would say yes. So all of those answers. You, probably could for various reasons but this one where there wasn't anything that really stood out in any sort of way i gave it to nathaniel but again i felt the need to throw an honorable mention but mine was for big teddy i like the question because it does um beg those follow-ups or the 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 who who put in a little bit of effort or who had that one line that may have risen them up a little bit higher maybe just like when uh with the scene where paps enters and we talk about how he his his don't chew it all in one place shit for brains. I mean, he really brought it to that scene, even though he was only in there for seconds. I agree. And I'm in no way suggesting that we cut that question. <laughs> it, it, it gets harder as as the pattern gets more intricate and subtle. Being swept along is no longer enough. You, you, you have to really get to these finer uh, understandings. It's the scientific mind. Well, thankfully, we have you here to challenge us and to dive deeper into these questions and make sure that we are questioning our priors. As you know, our listeners demand it. Damn right <laughs> they do. <laughs> All right, which gets us to more palatable. What would make the scene more palatable to the general public? So I sat there, I reflected, I watched the scene again, and then I wrote the words, nothing. 
I think we should change <laughs> this question. <laughs> All right. So did you guys, anybody come with a philosophical pondering for the day? Not a good one. So what, what, what do you have? So what if, and I don't know if this is just the cabin boy world or in the world in general, what if on the boat he was welcomed by extremely accepting people that just took him in and embraced him being there as opposed to not wanting him there as we would expect that the crew wouldn't want him there what if this was a world of just or the ship was just so incredibly kind and that was really what was made it so fucking bizarre and weird how would that play out like a cult right like you're yeah maybe or maybe they are just like very nice people i feel like it would be just as creepy Right? If they were all just like, oh, a stowaway. (laughs) (laughs) But they're all still like salty. I I don't know exactly. You know, this is obviously just some sort of weird mental exercise. I mean, it sounds awful when you first propose it. You know, that's just sort of given my weird sort of sensibilities. (laughs) I'm ending up in a place where it's like, you know, they're all being nice to him and welcoming him and all that. And then I just feel like it ends up with their cannibals. Though, I mean, it'd be interesting to see Nathaniel in a place where he does show up on the boat. They're all actually welcoming to him. They're not immediately threatening him or trying to kill him. And he then has to navigate being on the boat with people who are not necessarily threatening to him, but also not giving in to him. I just think it would be more difficult to make that funny. (laughs) Oh, well, right. And now now we're on to like the nature of comedy. And as Resnick had talked about in the last minute or so... You know, there's nothing relatable here. So now, now, if you even pull out these generic relatable things like, oh, you know, this conflict between people that don't like each other with somebody that does or this fish out of water kind of concept. And now it's just all these these nice fishermen with this weird fancy lad. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it really doesn't hold on to any sort of anything that you can grasp. No, I mean, I I think it would be, like I said, it would be an interesting uh, exercise to try to, like, retell the story in that manner. But I have no idea where the fuck you end up with that. Yeah, you would almost have to, like, put together, like, checkpoints. Like, the story still goes the way that it needs to go, but they don't allow for him to be taken advantage of anybody. And But, yeah, how do we get there? How do we get from point A to point B in this alternate dynamic? All right, so Cabin Boy the video game is you get to replay the Cabin Boy story, but each time the tenor of the crew is slightly different. Sometimes (laughs) they're nice. (laughs) You can have like like a meter that you can adjust for like saltiness, a saltiness meter. (laughs) Uh, Like maybe that's like a big graphic salt shaker comes in. You get the balance from the galley. One side is where the salt goes. And, like, you put too much on, and they just, just like, the whole crew just, it's like Inception. They just all surround him and kill him. (laughs) (laughs) You got to reel back on it. Uh, Game over. God damn it. A little too salty. So, GPM gags per minute. I have a total of seven gags per minute. 
number one is how you doing from the captain when they wake up. Number two is the yell. Number three is his flapping around on deck. Number four, uh, Nathaniel's still thinking it's a theme ship, so there's kind of a lot tied into that. Uh, number five, the line, long live the theater. Uh, number six, this moron got on the wrong boat. That whole holy hell in a handbasket. And then number seven, his soliloquy on uh, you're not here to cater to my every whim. Scott, what have you? I got four. My first one is uh, when they wake up together, just the whole part. So from, you know, the high hello to the scream. Number two, I've got uh, Nathaniel's reaction to the filth on his face. Uh, number three is the line, long live the theater. And number four is this moron got on the wrong boat. Okay. Uh, I had a GPM of six. I also broke it down to the greetings to each other when they wake up. And then the scream as two separate gags. Uh, him getting thrown to the deck and kind of flailing around was a third. The little yelp at the ash on his face was four. The holy shit in a handbasket line as five. And then I gave Graybar's reactions a uh, separate separate gag to come up with six. But I think between the three of us, we have eight or nine separate things that we've pulled out independently. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of using a dartboard approach and saying uh, I had seven, you had six, Scott had four. Sounds like six to me. Sure. That matches what I had, so that works. Funny, not funny. I gave it a funny. Uh, again, oh, my, oh. my tortured answering kind of continued through this, and uh, I write yes and no. Lose <laughs> <laughs> Losing a grip here. <laughs> and then ultimately the word funny. <laughs> I think I gotta go with funny on this, but it's it barely hit that level. Yep, I was I was right right there with you guys. It's it was the same thing of like yeah, like it had funny elements, but it's not like a scene where the whole thing you're like you know busting a gut or anything of that nature. But it did have there's enough subtle stuff in there that I think it helps bring up the baseline up to the level of funniness. Great, but like all the facial reactions and just all the other kind of stupid shit in the background. I think I think that helps buoy the scene. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That the the facial reactions definitely definitely did it for me. And yeah, good dialogue. Holy shit in a handbasket! This moron <laughs> got on the wrong boat. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I mean, I, I do, and uh, as I love to do, I uh, complicate things. I mean, it it. Isn't this really the echo chamber at, at work here? You know, it's like, we're clearly fans. You know, if this was like a some sort of issue, like a social issue, and I needed to have a determination on it, it would be like, come on, guys, cut the shit. This minute is not funny. It's just not funny. If, they, if there were any sort of consequences with this determination, if somebody's life was on the line, I, I would be forced to say that this is not funny. But... <laughs> Because it's it's inconsequential, and because <laughs> <laughs> is that how we should base funny not funny? Someone's I, life is on the line. <laughs> well, again, it's if if you're trying to fine tune truth, as I'm always trying to do, you know what? <laughs> fine tune truth. Yeah. <laughs> 
is is this is this funny and i you know i mean the the objective answer is no but the subjective answer is yes and that's where that's where this ends i almost wonder if uh if there should be like a like you do just a cold a cold watch you bring up the minute you watch it funny not funny and then you go through your whole shebangaroo. I mean, I always come up with, I don't know about you guys, I do funny, not funny after I've done, I've done my watching, I've watched the commentary, I've rewatched it 17 times, I've kind of written down my notes, I've done a little bit of research, and then I end with the funny, not funny determination. It would be interesting to see, to maybe do that with a, you do a cold watch, and then you figure it out after you've done your kind of deep analysis and just how that changes what about asking the question twice, once at the beginning of the podcast, one at the end of the podcast, after you we've overanalyzed it for two and a half hours? <laughs> sure. I, I don't think that the actual podcast discussion has really evolved whether I felt that it was funny or not funny. But like Rob's saying, like I do think just watching it and before going through it, and then after going through it, specifically looking to see whether it was funny or not funny, because that's what happens. You add all these extra layers and details after you've really analyzed the minute that make it a lot funnier. Like, I don't think I would have seen any of the like Big Teddy's reactions or even Kenny holding the bucket dimly in the background. And like the, all of those pieces are what makes it funnier. Yeah. It's, it'd be interesting to see how much of it are we noticing kind of like subconsciously on that first watch where it's, you know, we've all seen the movie a freaking two, three dozen times, but on that first watch, how do we feel about it? And then when we go back and really do the deep dive, like, you know, what, what did we not notice that we were noticing? You know, we can, we can, we can try it and see how it goes. <laughs> I want to see how fucking complicated we can make this. <laughs> That's, that's the real goal here. I want to see where it's. <laughs> by, the, by the last minute, I want it to be completely fucking incoherent. <laughs> by the last minute, dude, if we make it to like minute 40 and we're still alive. right now <laughs> may have lost him thank you all it's been a wonderful uh, we'll be back the oh shit all right anything else gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well thank you very much all right be a fucking professional <laughs> breathe breathe into the nose out through the mouth uh, all right. Somebody else might have to do the close here. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you very much for joining us on Kemboy Minute. I look forward to seeing you all next week on Kemboy Minute, Minute 19. Adios. Thank you again for joining us on Cabin Boy Minute. Please 
help spread the word, tell your friends about us, and rate and subscribe on your podcast medium of choice. Check out our episode notes where you can find calls to action, details on how to support the pod, or leave us a message. Or find us on Twitter at at Minute. We look forward to joining you again next week. Bon voyage!